Hello, and welcome to the coffee celebration. My name's, your, my name's Wendy Steinberg, and I'm your host. Today, we have a gifted physician, Dr. Patricia Petralba. She's a board-certified family physician. She received her training in family medicine from the University of Pittsburgh. She is a graduate of the Integrative Medicine Fellowship from the University of Arizona under the direction of Dr. Andrew Weil. Is it Weil or Weil? Weil. Weil. And I have many of his books, so I'm so <laughs> She has a special interest in mind-body medicine, stress reduction, medical acupuncture, women's health, and weight management. And I know you've always wanted to be a doctor. Um, at what age did you realize that this was your path? Mm, good question. Thanks, Wendy. First of all, I'm excited to be here. And I love that you have uh, a lot of Dr. Weil's book. Um, when did I figure it out? You know, I, I feel like at four years old, I knew. Um, yeah, I just loved going to my pediatrician. <laughs> I loved like the hospital. It's so weird. Like when I was a child, I, I uh, got sick many times. Like I was hospitalized many times. And even though, you know, I had that experience, it didn't traumatize me. In fact, I was so curious, like, oh, they're getting my blood. What are they doing? You know, there was that curiosity. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, go ahead. I want to just hear more about how you've yeah. grown into this. Yeah. Uh, but my my father was a lawyer. And so I was confused, like, do I go into law or yeah. do I go into med school? But it was kind of divinely arranged for me. Like I passed mm -hmm. both pre-law and pre-med. Yeah. Um, but when I finally like kind of committed to it was a question of like, how can I serve humanity Yeah. even if like things kind of fall apart, like all institutions, you know, meaning like at war or whatever. It's like, uh, what is a need? Because lawyering for me is very man-made concept Yeah. versus like the healing arts. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that, that that's when I like, yeah, like it makes more sense to serve humanity in the healing arts. So that's how I finally decided. Yeah. And you wanted family medicine. You didn't want dermatology or pediatrics. You just wanted to heal families or like yes, just have that know, broad scope. Yeah, same thing. Like I, I, I'm a, I, I decide last minute. <laughs> I thought I was going into OBGYN. I was heavily oh. recruited, but I loved all specialties. That's why it was so hard for me. But when I knew I wanted to do integrative medicine and to give your audience some context, if it's a new word for them, essentially integrative medicine is combining best of Eastern traditional energy medicine with modern functional conventional medicine. So you get best of both worlds, no? So when I knew I wanted to get to integrative medicine, which is essentially getting to the root cause, yeah. if I go into like, you know, internal medicine or other specialty medicine, it defeats the definition of holistic. 
like you're just looking at one part of a body you know and and family medicine was kind of like the best pre-integrative training for me like I could understand all ages all mm-hmm. needs of the family um, and that's why I decided okay I'm going into family medicine so I know that you have so many years of med school and yes. then you have to is that when you get placed and you got placed with Dr. Weil is that what happened like you know, sometimes you, I think now it's an email and they say, oh, you, you've been matched or something like that. Right. Yes. And and you had, did you denote that you wanted to work at his center? I did after my uh, medical doctor degree. So I didn't know until, uh, because what happened in med school. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I love your question because I also didn't know the trajectory of being a doctor. I was just, I'm going to be a doctor. I didn't know how long it's going to take. What are the steps before I'm actually like a practitioner? So you go into like your undergrad, right? Like four years of undergrad. And then you go to four years of medical school. So after my MD, that's when I got burnt out. And I graduate feeling like, I don't even know how to heal people. I know how to prescribe. Yeah. I know how to order an MRI and a CT scan. But am I really healing them? And after this question, you know, serendipitously, one mentor of mine knew of Dr. Weil. And integrative medicine was not such a buzzword before when I was in medicine and found out about the program. Um, and that's what got me to Tucson. I'm now based in Tucson because U of A is the pioneering institution. So after your residency, meaning your specialty in MD school, you go into a residency program. And then after that, you go into the fellowship program, like the subspecialty. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long is the fellowship? How long was the subspecialty? Like, this sounds like a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, how, it's how long did this all take you? So uh, four years of undergrad, four years right. of school, plus one year of internship, and then another three years of uh, um, residency or family medicine, mm-hmm. and two years of the fellowship. Wow. Yeah. How many people uh, who applied were, were, were taken in as... Um, like with you were you the only one were there other people that joined you at the same time with the uh, with which program with dr wow sorry dr. Weil. um uh in our class there were probably like 80 80 people so it's a global program okay um, and and dr Weil was very um intentional of it's an experienced learned learner um, program, like a fellowship. He yeah. didn't want to start the training as residency um, so that there's really like a deeper understanding of how medicine works. So you have that foundation first before we go kind of like the holistic way. Um, so it's a global program. It's a mix of online and in-person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we we gather twice a year 
um, and it's all over mostly in North America, but there are people like from Colombia, from Japan, from where else? From, of course, like where I used to be, Philippines. Um, yeah, so there are people all over the world. So it's very interesting. And most of the graduates of this program were the, uh, you know, the chairman or the head leadership of most of the um, integrated programs in the United States, like uh, University of Wisconsin, Yale, uh, or maybe I'm wrong, but I know like, what are the other programs? Um, what's this? UCLA, like the, the leaders were the graduates of this program because it was the pioneering program for integrative medicine. Because mm -hmm. I've never really heard about integrative medicine, but after reading about your facility and what you do, it makes, it's like, duh, but it's so much, it's like common sense. Do you feel that you have to kind of convince people that the Eastern approach plus the Western approach is really the strong foundation they need to heal their body and their mind and everything else. Like, I just feel like you might have pushback. Has anyone said, well, well, what is this? And how do you, I guess, convey to others that this is really the way that they could live their best life, you know? Yeah, yeah. great question. You know, I have two demographics. Okay. The first demographic is the conventional academia and doctors. Mm -hmm. That's where most of the pushback is. No, really? Yeah. And then you have the consumers or the patients who intuitively yeah. more aligns more to that approach. Of course. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah. my patients doesn't need convincing. In fact, they're the ones who finds me. Um, I, I don't have to like convince you. Mm -hmm. uh, they're yeah. already sold. It's more of the other doctors that I need to dance with and make them feel safe that this is not quackery. Yeah, yeah. This is evidence-based and safe medicine, you know, yeah. because we, we were like so indoctrinated to you know, like randomized control trials or like isolated chemical compounds that we work with that we can absolutely control the, the outcomes and yeah. whatnot versus yeah. what I mean is pharmaceutical, right? Versus yeah. natural or herbs and herbs are so complex yeah. and herbs is so like hard to uh, put in a Western model of these randomized control trials. Plus, you don't have the funding because there's no patent, there's no money behind that research. Yeah. You see? Yeah. So you have the push of this conventional medicine because it makes money. It not only makes money, but it's easier for the doctors to get funding, mm -hmm. but it's easier for them to control the variables because it's an isolated chemical like atorvastatin for cholesterol versus red rice yeast, which is an herb which has a statin-like compound. But it's so hard to see all the effects, the uh, you know, to measure all the whatever in this herb because nature is so complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope I answered your question. Oh, so yes. I just never thought it would be other physicians um, who would kind of debunk all your success. When did you know that you wanted to focus just on women? 
great question. You know, um, I think after after I gave birth, which is uh, almost five years ago. So the, I, I had a lot of resistance around like what we call in business, niching it down, right? Like okay. choose one, one so that it's, your message is clear. I wanted to serve everyone, but at the same time, after becoming a mom, yeah. Um, I I then had this deeper understanding. Okay, a woman's body, a woman's need, mm -hmm. and psychology is so different. Yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. And it was easy to be kind of manlike before being a mom, because mm -hmm. I had, like, you know, nothing is interrupting my day, or I can still perform equally. To my male counterparts but yeah. once you become a mom but it's not just motherhood some women it's because of their menopause some women it's because of their pms that they need to f almost like answer to the biologic calling mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. honor the feminine body yeah because we are not designed like a testosterone driven body mm -hmm. masculine energy the, the 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 feminine energy is is cyclical no mm -hmm. we are like cycles um male biology is very like linear yeah so get things done women is like get things done now and then pause and then reflect <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do and we have coffee and we go to target oh yes <laughs> yes coffee um so you how Okay, so if you're you're blending Eastern medicine with Western medicine, and you serve women, and you do acupuncture, you have a coaching, you have all these different aspects to women's health, weight loss, mental health. Um, when someone comes to see you, do they know exactly what they want, or through that consultation, are you able to identify? Oh, you thought you wanted this, but this is going to serve you best. Is that really, like, do they come in wanting one thing and you're like, no, you really need this? Like, how how do you have those conversations with women? I love that question. So um, majority of the time, they know what they want. They okay. just need to put it at the top of mind, like consciously, you know, because the, uh, so on my first visit, I... I have this like approach where we view things holistically, yeah. like insight, what are the patterns that works and doesn't work? Insight, what are you currently experiencing? Yeah. And then foresight, which is what you're asking, like what do they want? No, it's like um, we need to clarify why is it that you're here in terms of mind, body, spirit. So I help them articulate that to themselves so that the intention can match the behavior. Because they will say, I want to feel more energetic. I want to lose weight. Uh -huh. Okay, you know what you want, but how can we match the intention with the behavior? And that's when kind of we really blend the East and West and East would be like, you know, energy work to acupuncture to stress management. And then conventional would be like 
you know, looking at the nitty gritty nutritional evaluation. And when you bridge that too, you have a bit more data how yeah. to move forward so that the motivation is a little bit more clear on, okay, this is how I can do it and why I should do it. Yeah. Um, but I always remind them, you know, when you are very clear on what you want, that's who I can help best. Okay. Right? If you can be clear and not limit your imagination and limit your belief systems. Like, for example, a patient coming in with insulin and she wants to lose 40 pounds, get off insulin. Mm -hmm. She has to take that courage that to even imagine and declare, I want to be off insulin versus someone who's a bit more conservative. I at least want to get less dose of it. You see what I mean? Like, yes. can you give yourself the opportunity and the courage to dream big in terms of your health? Right. Yeah. So, okay. So you've talked about herbs. Yes. Um, do the women that you serve, are they open to using herbs to still you know, fight the same diseases or um, health risks that they have? Are they open to that? Yeah, most most yeah. of the time that's what they prefer um, because they already come in knowing I'm holistic. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Well, how does, though, how does the acupuncture help the body? I've, I've, I've heard my friends go, which is lovely. I've never done it myself, but... Where do you start on the body? Is there a pinpoint that affects like a part of the body? I don't really know a lot about it. Could you just, I guess, share? And and are you like a trained, certified acupuncturist? You know? Um, yes. Yeah. So my acupuncture is both a little bit of traditional Chinese type okay. and medical acupuncture. So I, I'm more comfortable with the medical acupuncture because the traditional Chinese medicine is very, very deep. You know, I just was a uh, function, what's this like, what's this, um, fortunate enough to be mentored by a traditional Chinese practitioner. So I wouldn't say I'm certified in that. But bottom line, um, acupuncture is, um, so we have a lot of, energy pathways yes. um, and in the view of traditional Chinese medicine that's called the qi okay. and the meridian so the qi is the energy or the life force of the body the meridians are the pathways where the qi flows okay mm -hmm. so kind of like the cardiovascular system where we have veins and arteries and capillaries so it's kind of like that Okay. Um, so when acupuncture is done, so these are fine needles in all these points. So we have at least a few thousand points. No, I, no, I doubt that anybody will memorize all the points. Yeah. Um, but it can either tonify, meaning strengthen a deficiency, or it can pacify, meaning like help, like calm that um stressor it can also make 
any obstruction flow better or yeah. yeah so and i say this in an energetic level no mm -hmm. um 10 years ago when i started this it was very woo woo to a lot of MD. like oh acupuncture is quackery like it's how how do you even know that meridians exist what was interesting is so now that the data is changing like a lot of my orthopedic colleagues send their arthritic patients to acupuncturists, you know, fertility. Um, so there's more data. Yeah. But um, what was interesting is there's now, because there, the technology finally caught up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we are, there are studies now proving that these meridian pathways exist. Wow. So, I mean, how awesome is that? Like, how were the Chinese and Japanese people see all these, like, energetic system that now is able, to, are, we are able to capture that in, like, MRIs, like, rad with radioisotopes. So the pathways are, like, almost exactly as how it was mapped out two, 3,000 years ago. It's amazing. So yeah. your clients, are they... Because I know as women, we expect everything done right away. Are they expecting results after one visit? You, like how how many visits is beneficial to start seeing results, feeling better? Without Great question. Um, in my experience, no, the minimum, honestly, within that first session, because I most acupuncturists don't do this, but my approach is, I guide my patients through a breath work and then we go through hypnotherapy and then we do some sound healing. So they're really in this ultimate relaxed state. Uh -huh. um, and then with the needles. So within that one hour, they're like, oh my gosh, I've never felt so good in <laughs> a long time. I cannot get off the table. Someone help me. Yeah, yeah. like sometimes I really give them at least five minutes because they they say that um, I, I'm like magnet, magnetized to the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, typically you, you want to view acupuncture almost like it's exercise. You don't expect to lose weight that first treatment. Okay. So the minimum I would say is six. Mm -hmm. Four to six, you'll get a response. With mm -hmm. children, it's faster. With yeah. pets, it's faster. <laughs> pets, we also do pets. I don't, but, you know, a lot of other vets. Oh, and they're so responsive, yeah. Is it also the same with, with the herbs? You know, like, when you take Tylenol, you're like, okay, the, the pain's down a little bit. Um, I can focus on work now. But with herbs, is it a, an immediate adjustment within the body? Great. Uh, yeah, so... Usually with herbs, it matches the time frame of the disease. For example, if it's diabetes, okay, how long did it take you to get to diabetes? So I'm not saying it's going to take two years, but it's not going to be one week or two weeks. It's usually eight weeks. Right. If it's like muscle injury, okay, um, I've seen like, especially things like topical CBD, Oh my gosh, like my patients, if it's professional grade and good type of CBD, I've had patients who were in post-op, like meaning they had surgery, appendectomy, you know, cut open, 
even narcotics were not helping their pain. But with topical CBD, they're like, oh my gosh, thank you for giving that to me. That was the only thing that helped. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. So when you initially started your your facility to help women, what was the first thing that you brought into um, your, I guess, your business? You didn't initially have weight loss, mental health, acupuncture. What was the core thing you started with first? And then what did you add as you developed um, your very successful business now? Yeah. I would say, well, actually, I had those services like the acupuncture, the, what did you say? The weight loss, those programs were already live. Um, but the the core service is really like consultation, you know, like you see me one-on-one, -on -one, it's like a medical consultation. Um, that helped me just simplify things, you know, I'm yeah. like, I don't need to be in a big office with 10 million staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, the change and the transformation is really about the listening part and just being there for the patients. Uh, the next layer that I added was uh, these courses that I do online and offline, oh. uh, coaching, uh, hypnobirthing. So I'm also birthing coach. Yeah. Hypnobirthing. Like, I read about it and I'm like, where was this 20 years ago with what I needed? So you integrated it into into your business. What what exactly is it? And did it did you bring it in after you became a mother yourself? Yeah. So my first pregnancy, I went through the course. Mm -hmm. um, and she Lori, who I consider now my mentor, um, was a doula and a Lamaz educator and a hypnobirthing coach. And she was practicing for more than 15 or 20 years. And I was just so impressed with, with all this background, she chose hypnobirthing. And I enjoyed the course uh, and she wanted to retire. When I knew she wanted to retire, I'm like, if we want to get to the root cause collectively, in humanity, in utero, if moms were happy during their pregnancy and birth, imagine the collective story. If all our birthing story was about calm, was mm -hmm. about feeling empowered, was about how can we hugs before drugs. Right, right. Isn't that the most preventive way? Yeah. If yeah. we started in utero, like the baby feels so safe because the mom feels so safe and calm. Yeah. Uh, and when she retired, I'm like, well, Tucson doesn't have much of a hypnobirthing practitioner. So I certified and now I teach that. And honestly, what's happening is a lot of the moms that I, I attract are actually multi, like second, third, fourth pregnancies because they've they were so traumatized by their first pregnancy. So it's almost like trauma work that I do with the hypnobirthing that they can access and reclaim their power as a woman. Do you work with them the whole nine months? No, it's a five-week course. Oh. Very short. In a short time, 
like seriously, I have moms because one of the approach of hypnobirthing is imagery. So we have a lot of like um, videos of moms birthing naturally, peacefully, calmly. I have moms who like almost gets into a panic attack just seeing birthing videos. But we kind of desensitize and train you how to activate your calming response. And by the end, they're so relaxed. And these moms, 99% of my clients birth the way they want to birth. Wow. Yeah. yeah I think the hospital staff isn't, um, isn't really uh, trained to be kind. Sometimes it's like they're in autopilot. And it's like they're on a 12-hour shift and they're like, let's get this baby out instead of really addressing that you can experience something so loving and kind and what a connection to your child. Um, definitely. I know I've had three boys and, and I just read about it. And I was like, oh, where was that? How about, you know, I didn't even know this existed. And um you know, moving forward for a lot of women, I'm just so grateful that that you you serve your community that way. Um, yeah. But how do you do it all? I mean, do you do you have people, mental health clinicians? You do coaching. Tell me more about the coaching. Um, because you do. I mean, I saw your website. It's to live your best life and to step into your power. Um, like when do you have time for all this? And you have kids. Like yeah. I'm listening to you, and I'm like. She must not sleep. Um, you know, I mean, most moms don't sleep very well. Yes, yes. Have such a full plate. Like, when did you decide to do coaching, and how do you balance everything? Honestly, how do I balance everything? When I am in the essence of what brings me joy mm -hmm. uh, time becomes relative yeah. so I love my job mm -hmm. but I also love being a human so it may look like I'm doing so many things mm -hmm. but I'm not it's you don't have like 70 patients at once. No, 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 no. The maximum that I will take is in a day, five clients, one-on-one. -on -one. Oh. Yeah, a very, very concierge boutique practice is okay. how I sustain this. Because if I still do how I used to operate, which is 18 patients per day, that's a very like corporate medicine, like 15 yeah. Per patient, so I I need at least one hour with my patients now. Um, and to balance like impact, because of course I want impact, and I can't just be serving four at a time if I want impact. Although four is enough to change the world, uh, that's why I do the group coaching so that and these free retreats online, which I've been reaching people globally. You know, I just was on a call from Singapore. I have people tuning in from Iran, from Switzerland, but mostly North America and Philippines because that's where I'm from. Um, so that's how I'm one. How do I balance it? I simplify it. Yeah. I don't overcomplicate the process. Um, I always ask myself, how can I make 
answer was one, don't see a lot of patients. Two, yeah. don't take insurance. You don't take insurance. Don't take insurance. Because if I take insurance, I will get back into the mode of my time and energy is spent in getting the reimbursement. You see, it's so complicated how they they pay you. Like, I'm not going to spend my time and energy there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you're living that integrative medicine. Yes. Because I kind of see you are very calming. And did you feel like before you started your practice, did you have to do your own internal work first before you could set the example for your clients? Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I heavily, when I say also integrative, is it integrity? No, I, I need to walk the talk. Yeah. So, and that was one of the hardest, like doing less. I wasn't used to not being too busy. And that's yeah. the feminine energy because the feminine cycles, no, we are very seasonal. We have winter, which mm -hmm. is the menstrual cycle. And what does winter do? It's rest and reflect. And then we go into spring, which mm -hmm. is follicular phase where we're starting to have hormones. So we can start to plan things. Yeah. Then it becomes summer or full moon. Mm -hmm. We're ovulating. So we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so beautiful. I can do 10 million things. <laughs> right? I can do 10 million things. I, never, I said to myself, but I love <laughs> how you approach it. Okay. And this is where most women... Uh, get it wrong. Yeah. After summer, what happens after summer? Fall season. Mm -hmm. Fall season is when after we ovulate, our hormones start to deplete. Our time and energy needs to be more focused and more targeted, not 10 million things. Like you just, because it's harvest, right? It's fall season. And winter is coming again. Like, where do you want to spend your time and energy? So when women don't focus and still operate like it's spring and summer, that's when PMS happens. That's when menopause happens. That's when depression and anxiety happens. Because you're when you're in spring and summer all the time, you are operating like how men operates. Yeah. And so me running my own business and being a mom, I had to really honor the winter and the fall season on a monthly cycle. Yeah. So all my like, you'll see my retreat now is May 31 to June 2. I am in my spring season then. So I always time mm -hmm. my projects around my, my cyclical living too. So I can really perform. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. women, women doesn't need to work hard. We are designed to create effortlessly, even biologically. How do we procreate? It's the women. We just need to receive. Mm -hmm. Literally, like open. Mm -hmm. and once we accept, we are designed to grow a human being without working hard. I don't know if that aligns with you, but it does. It does. It, when I'm in my ovulation, it's like I can equally produce the same results as my male counterpart. Mm -hmm. Um, but it 
I don't need to be on season the whole time. You see what I mean? Like when I'm in fall and winter season, I need to affirm myself, you'll have time to do that. You don't need to keep up the pace as corporate and masculine testosterone biology. Right. We get caught up in that. Yeah. You know, we feel like oh, I'm sitting on the couch. I should be doing dishes. I need to you know, do some laundry. I got to go. Yes. The 10 million things, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's what that's how I balance it. Like, you know how we orient ourselves? Is it Christmas yet? Is it what day is it? What date yes. is it? What yes. time is it? We are oriented into our space and date. If women can orient themselves into their cyclical life, oh my gosh, we will really master how we can be the that divine creator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yes. As I think about, I'm of the generation of menopause. Um, mm -hmm. I have a little fan in my office all the time. Um, but like working with someone like me who doesn't receive anything anymore to create anything. Um, working with women through menopause, how how do you help them live their best life when their whole biology is kind of like working against them almost, you know? Like yes. we could be anywhere and like be drenched in sweat and yes. then see. And then, you know, yes. how yes. do you approach that? And I'm selfishly asking. Okay. Yes. No, no, great question. And and um I let me reframe that for you. Okay. You you can still receive, but in a different way. It could be receiving support, okay. receiving um, inspiration, mm -hmm. receiving um, what else do you want to receive? Compliments, right? I to be be you. I just yeah. that's it. I just want to be happy with myself. Yes, and work towards just being physically better internally yes. that are a you know an example for my boys right. you know that they see oh mommy's calm she's not going off the edge okay <laughs> you know she's actually doing great you know that sort of thing so yes. yes so you can still receive in many ways and fertilize that no yes. okay through other things um, but in menopause so your your cyclical living now is is more um, connected to the outer moon. Like, because our womb right. is actually inner moon in traditional medicine. So we are so affected by the moon cycle. So the winter is new moon. Summer or ovulation is full moon. Mm -hmm. So when it's full moon, that's when you can, you know, do so many things. And when yeah. it's to wane, that's when it's you need to have a lot of self-care, prepare for winter. So self-love, all things that makes you feel pacified so that your nervous system doesn't um, feel burnt out. Like your adrenal glands now, which is kind of your ovaries when you're in menopause, we won't produce so much of the inflammation that causes menopause or the hot flashes. Right. Hold on. I just need to open my door. I'm yes, so please. My son. No, you're okay. I'm so sorry. You no apologies needed. 
anywhere. Just go look, honey. I'm it. Okay, my I'm so sorry. Please um, apologize. It's it's okay. uh, you know how it's, it takes so long. Um, some women go through menopause like, and it's gone, and she's over the the hill there. And some it can take years to kind of work yeah. through. Um, is that just um how we are in our own selves? Like, is it just woman specific? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. On average, so it's almost like, you know, in our minority, when we start um, menstruating, it takes like two to three years before yeah. our body's like, okay, this is now what we're doing. Okay. Um, from a menopause standpoint, the average is like five years. What? Five years. Five years? But you don't need to suffer for five years. It's, that's not what I'm saying. Five years is when okay, like, that's where my head, head went. Yes, I know. I, I saw that. Okay. <laughs> we, you know, PMS and menopause is optional. Okay. okay. It doesn't need to be suffering. And like I said, the key is after ovulation or full moon. So in your terms, full moon. Uh-huh. If you, when you become skilled at knowing when to do less yes, and to really put your first self and mm-hmm. to do the things that really nourishes you hormonally, it's going to be better. And is, is this kind of like the plant-based foods you eat and the exercise you do and the attention to who we are to take care Absolutely. of us? Absolutely. So it could be food, it could be movement, it could be people that you just love being around with, or yeah. it could be being alone, or it could be like not doing the dishes, anything that makes you feel like you put yourself first. Wow. Okay, I'm loving that approach. <laughs> um, yeah. That's mind blowing because we're taught everything but that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because then, like I said, your adrenal glands will have the time to repair and recover. And so all that inflammation markers will not fire so much. Oh, oh my God. I've been doing it wrong all these years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. there. I really do believe that there is such a correlation because... I know my, for myself, when I'm stressed, like my body will, will tense and shut down. Are you okay? Okay, I love you. Shut the door. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, good times. Oh my gosh. He's like, my pants are too big. And I'm like, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Yeah. I, and I really had to work a lot to take away the numbness, the stress, like my back would go out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I holding on to that? I love you. I'm so sorry. Um, that isn't, you know, not infecting me, but really affecting me to the point where I lost the ability to walk for a little bit. And I was just like, I had to take strong, strong drugs just to be able to relax. I was just in such this tense state. 
Um, now I'm better. But I mean, when you're talking about how everything is interwoven and interrelated, I keep going back to times in my life where it has been a struggle, you know, just to keep going to work and whatever, based mm -hmm. on what I thought I had to do to be successful. You know, mm -hmm. exactly. So I'm loving this. You're like totally opening my eyes to to be successful doesn't mean that everything has to get done right away or be done or maybe change the whole narrative of what has to be done. What do yeah. you really need to do to yeah. uh, kind of reclaim yourself and be your best self? Yeah. I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, my God, I've done it wrong all these years, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Do your but clients also come to you and say, I mean, you've completely changed my life, right? And and they're like, I'm on a whole new path and healthier mentally, physically, spiritually. And I, I really think when you had said that the, the feminine is so much different than the masculine, but we are yeah. so, you're right, we're entrenched in that masculine. And we're yeah. told we're not successful unless we, you know, ride the coattails of that which is why we make 77 cents to the dollar. So, yeah. you know, oh my gosh, yeah. I wish you were closer. Oh my goodness. I'm in Ohio. You're in Arizona. Oh, oh my gosh. But um, I, I love how, you know, you were asking yourself, what is it that is like tensing you up or that why did you have those sensations? And one of the key things I teach my, and like, what do you need to do so that you feel successful? Those are the two uh, beautiful things I heard is you were asking yourself a question and then two, aligning that success equals doing. In my world, doing is good, but undoing is also good. Undoing, okay. I'm undoing equals being because we are human beings we are not human doing <laughs> so being right. is a state you know people i i mean i cater to a lot of small business owners i cater to a lot of entrepreneurs and highly achieving women and men and kind of like a lot of people and including me you know i was and still in that dance of like for me to say I am successful, the checklist of I did, 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 did this, this. Right, right. But in my work with, you know, hospital medicine and palliative medicine and, you know, seeing people that are about to die, that existential feeling that it's not what you accumulate or do that makes you feel at peace on your deathbed. Yeah. It is that state of being that you can master content, trust, hope, peace, regardless what's on your bank account, regardless of, uh, you know, how your uh, title is, education or relationship, like that inner core of like, oh my gosh, I just love seeing the sunset. What is that feeling of joy? Or, oh my gosh, I am just so in the moment. It's a state of being, not doing. This is what most people get wrong. 
Yeah. I'm not saying that don't do because doing is a human need for evolution. Yeah. It's it's very dopaminergic. Like our brain um wants to do things because yeah. it's like check, check, check. Mm -hmm. We get so addicted to the doing because you know, like the corporate America and it is like monetized, right? Like what is get what is rewarded? It's the doing. But the fuel of doing is the being. It's the oxytocin. It's the pleasure. Oxytocin is the hormone of birthing. If you are high oxytocin, your birth will be like, ah, oh, oh my gosh. And oxytocin is the hormone of orgasm. Oh. So to be in that pendulum of like, <clears throat> doing, I'm doing check, 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 check. And then the pendulum of oxytocin life is like, oh my gosh, I'm in orgasm right now. Right, right. That's balance. That is well-being. That you can dance in that doing, but no guilt when you want to check the box of undoing. Yeah. And no guilt when you want to have pleasure in your life and to do less and just be. That you is success for me. Do you have a book? I mean, this is amazing. Thing. Not to ask one more thing for you to do. Yeah. But like, I'm sitting here thinking if I could actually hold on to what you're saying, like in a book. Oh my gosh. Have you ever thought of writing one? I am. I am. I'm in the process. Okay. In the process. But thank you. So then the second layer that you were saying was question. Like what is X? Why is X? Yeah. Questions are so fundamental to um, getting what you want because it's actually 90% of our thoughts are in question form. And we have at least 50,000 thoughts per day. Okay. And 90% of what you thought today is what you thought of last year. So in order to create change, you need to ask questions that will bring you to the answers that you want. For example, so I think Tony Robbins said this, the quality of your question, question is the quality of your life. So a lot of patients will say, why am I so tired? Or why am I not losing weight? Why am I in pain? Okay. Universe then will, and your subconscious and conscious mind will find the answers to that question. Yeah. So now foresight, so that's insight, then foresight. How can you improve that question? What is keeping my weight here? And how can I have the weight that feels amazing? And how can I feel uh, that the journey to losing weight is the best, fastest, and enjoyable one. You see, immediately it will change how it feels yeah. like. And then your brain now will scan the environment to get to get you those answers. How does it do that? So my brain is scanning the environment, but what answers can I get? I mean, like, I don't know. If you already declared your question. Oh, okay. So you say, how can I lose weight? But it's just losing weight. Then you find the fat diet and you're like, okay, I'll take that. 
But if you layer your question, how can I lose weight the enjoyable way? Mm-hmm. Then your like, elimination process, like you're now more targeted. That's the enjoyable way. You see what I mean? Yes, I do. I do. But we as women want things like to happen. Like I want to drop 30 pounds by the morning. You know, like there's some, you know, we're crazy. Yes. So, um, but I see the benefit in doing that because when you're enjoying that great salad, it's not like something you're punishing yourself with. You're enjoying the nuts or the cranberries or whatever's in there. And nice. it's, it's, those foods are just, I think, very healing. Um, yes. Instead of putting in so much processed stuff into our bodies. Right. Is, is that kind of what you work with with each client who's um, really motivated to lose weight through your um, practice? Yes. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, a lot of mindset, then body mechanics, like, you know, personalizing and customizing how it can be sustainable and enjoyable. Yeah. Because if it's not enjoyable, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, you're just going to stop doing it anyway, yeah. right? Yes. And then you're back where you started. Right. No one it's always anchored again on that. What is your north? Like, if you die tomorrow... I'm writing down so much. Okay. Yes. If if you die tomorrow, like, is it what you really want to do today? And are your behaviors lining up to what, how you want to feel when you're in your deathbed? You know, like me, I love connection. So I want in my deathbed, I am fully trusting that I did my best. I want to feel at peace that my relationships are are peaceful. So reverse engineer that. Am I doing my, am I beha- are my behaviors in alignment with peaceful relationship? You see what I mean? Yeah. So if, if you're always like reorienting yourself to your death, and I know that sounds morbid, but yeah. it's so because that's the only thing that we know for certain right. that's going to happen. So why not tackle it on right here, right now, and you're going to make better choices and you will not be in fear. You will actually live more with courage and courage, the Latin word cor, C-O-R, heart. You live mm-hmm. now with more your heart, not fear. Because you are know exactly in my deathbed, it's going to be this versus, oh, if I die, will I go to hell? You know? <laughs> oh my God, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you confront it now, then it everything actually becomes less of a struggle. Because why, why will you spend time and energy struggling to do all that checklist? If it's not going to fuel how I want to die. How you want to die is how you will live. Oh, my uh, gosh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've, oh, oh, my gosh. Okay. I know our hour is up, but I have to just ask, um, like, what would be your one bit of advice for someone who wants to change their life to live more intentionally um and and realize that 
if they were to look now on their deathbed, because I'm like doing it and I'm like, I got to change. I can't do this. Oh my God. Um, right? Like what would be one bit of advice to the women that are going to be listening to this so that it can be a jump start to live our best life? What would be that one bit of advice? Yes. I would say, how can you lean more into trusting and remembering that we are designed to heal? It is our birthright. How can you allow yourself to claim that birthright? Yeah. We are designed to heal. I adore you. Oh my gosh. Dr. Patricia, you're amazing. Oh my gosh. I hope maybe that when I get your book or if new things come up, I'm already on your email list. So I got my first email today and I'm like, oh, Oh my gosh, she knows me. I don't know when is this going live, um, but I invite everyone who's listening and you to join me in my free retreat. So this is my way of serving the world, you know, and I enjoy doing it anyway. Um, May 31st to June 2, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and they can join my free Facebook group, The Thriving Woman, where we talk about mind, body, spirit and how to activate inner serenity. So this the theme for this month is inner serenity, that calm. Yeah. I, I think it, there was no coincidence in me meeting you because I needed to hear this. And I'm literally like excited to kind of change my direction. So yeah. yes. So yeah. and that's being, the being is that the fuel that will make it not, not like, will make it opposite of struggle. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. To be continued, Dr. Patricia, I hope to do that. Thank you, Andy. Absolutely. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Oh my gosh, I'm so inspired. I hope you have a great night. Thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.